From the Technology Association of Iowa, welcome to the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Ross. This podcast will provide an exclusive look into technology-focused legislation during the 2023 session at the Iowa State House. I will speak with state lawmakers and Iowa technology leaders from various industries on specific tech legislation, what impact it may have on Iowa companies, and why it matters to Iowans across the state. The Iowa Tech Policy Podcast is proudly presented by Shazam, a member-owned debit network processor and core provider that believes community-based financial institutions strengthen and improve the local communities. Learn more at shazam.net. Additional support provided by Denton's Davis Brown. Kicking off season three, I'm sitting down with TAI legislative liaison, Tim Coonan. Tim, welcome to the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. So we know the 2023 legislative session is off to a fast start. Can you start with just a little overview of what's been happening so far? Absolutely. So we've just completed the second week uh, of the legislature, and already I think it's uh, the agenda that that has been laid out on the campaign trail and then post-election is already taking form. Uh, There are uh, property tax reform was top of mind, and education reform was really top of mind. And part of the discussion this summer, fall, and winter, and now uh, – those both of those issues are are advancing uh, to the point that next week, week three, uh, is the school choice debate is scheduled for both the Senate and the House. Uh, that bill has been kicked out of both the Senate and the House committees, and so the bills will be floor eligible. And uh, this was the governor's top priority. So, in addition to some of those bills moving forward, we've, we're also pleased to see a couple of TAI's bills that have been introduced, and at least one through subcommittee. Can you? Talk a little bit just about those high level and what we need to happen in the next coming weeks to keep them moving. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we've, we have three priority bills, one still in drafting. The two that are out on the House side, one is uh, the data privacy bill. I, I, both bills were uh, in similar forms last year, worked on and passed the House. Um, and then the second is ransomware. Uh, the, the first data privacy is a a pretty it's an attempt at the state level to do what the federal government probably should do but we can't wait to act and so uh, states across the country are trying to figure out how to uh, get something like this in place to give a roadmap to uh, customers consumers but also give some a roadmap to the controllers and the processors and so we are trying to balance that with the uh, ultimate goal of protecting uh, people's personal data. Uh, that's the data privacy piece. And on the ransomware piece, uh, it comes as a surprise to policymakers that it is not currently illegal to develop ransomware in the state of Iowa for whatever reason. And so our bill simply says that's illegal, except for certain educational and law enforcement um, um, and internal uses. Uh, that bill, the ransomware bill, passed out of the House subcommittee this week. Uh, is scheduled for the full committee next week. Wonderful. So we're talking about subcommittees. I know there is a deadline coming for these bills to keep moving. Can you talk a little bit about what the funnel is and what that means? Sure. So the legislative process is, I, I you know, hesitate to say it's organized, <laughs> but it's, it's, it is organized uh, in a way to funnel bills uh, so that at the end of the session, you're dealing with just the bills that have passed both chambers. And uh, the first deadline 
is in about five or six weeks, and that all Senate bills have to be out of Senate committees and all House bills have to be out of House committees. If they are not, then they are deemed to be dead or funneled. The exceptions are ways and means bills, tax bills, and appropriations bills, the money bills. And so that's always playing in the back of uh, everyone's mind to make sure that they're getting their bills advanced with that deadline in mind. Yeah. And talking about these committees that these bills have to pass through, we know there is a new technology committee in the Senate this year, something we're really excited about, I think, recognizing the value and importance of technology here in the state. Is that something that happens regularly, adding these new committees or making adjustments like that? It doesn't happen very often. This is a really exciting development on both sides. On the House side, we had the technology standalone committee in, in last year and didn't have it in the Senate. This year, uh, the technology committee was wrapped into the economic growth committee and chaired by Representative Sorensen. Uh, Representative Sorensen was a leader on these issues last year on the technology committee was made the chair of the Economic Growth Committee, specifically asked that technology be added in the name uh, because he ties economic growth with technology, the technology industry, broadband expansion in particular. And so that's exciting on the House side. I think it's testament to our advocacy efforts. I think it's testament to the acknowledgement by um, state, the legislature and the executive branch that um, there needs to be a very strategic approach to uh, the deployment of technology, but also the growth um, of the technology industry. On the Senate side, uh, we are fortunate to have Senator Knoyer, who is no stranger to our issues and has been a member of ours, um, at, to chair the newly created Senate Technology Committee. I'm trying to think of the last time the Senate created a committee. It's not common. Um, and, uh, and so there again, an acknowledgement that there needs to be a place to send technology bills. Uh, you know, we were usually put in the Commerce Committee before, which is a general place where bills that deal with business go to. But I think the members uh, need to be proud of the fact that uh, the legislature in both chambers has taken notice that technology requires its own kind of special treatment given how complex, in-depth, and important it is. So getting back to policy specific a little bit, one of the efforts we've worked on for a number of years now is some changes to the angel investor and innovation tax credits. Sound like that's maybe possible this year? Yeah. You know, over the years, uh, we've had some issues with that. It, it's uh, always seemed like a relatively simple fix. Uh, there is a queue lined up for the most popular of them, and there is uh, no queue and actually uh, no applicants for the other of them. And so for years, we've been trying to figure out how to just shift the tax credits from one pool to the other. And we've tried it in a couple of different ways. This year, the Economic Development Authority and Debbie Durham have put uh, a fix into their policy bill. I think this is a great change rather than having a standalone bill. It also doesn't create any new tax credit. All it does is give discretion to the department to shift money between the two pots. And so the idea is to eliminate that queue, uh, that demand for angel investment, uh, and use the money where the market is saying it should go. Uh, so uh, some of the opponents in years past are no longer in the legislature. That, that's another shift. And so I think, um, I, I think our chances are good this year. One of the other priorities of our membership or concerns of our membership that we uh, talk about every day is workforce. I know that's a hot topic of conversation at the Capitol. Is there anything you're seeing that uh, our members should be paying attention to or engage on? 
You know, I think every time a member talks to a legislator, I think framing it in some way uh, about where they work, what they do, who they employ, you know, from a workforce perspective, because a big agenda item of this legislature too is making sure that we have a viable rural community. And they're not really even talking about, it's not always about people. It's about activity, right? It's about, it's about culture. It's about the fabric. And so if in the smaller communities, the tech startup, you know, companies who can do it anywhere, right? And of course that's a lot to do with broadband expansion and access to, to high speed internet um, to be able to say, you know, I'm locating here because I can because of these policies. I think that's a that's a really smart way to go about it. It also gets their attention. Workforce permeates every conversation. I think in any industry, um, if you are working on a bill and have a way to talk about it from a workforce perspective, it makes it it makes it more uh, attractive. It doesn't matter which party leads the executive or legislative branches. A business needs to be able to succeed in every political environment. I'm Tim Coonan, lawyer and lobbyist at Denton's Davis Brown. Along with my colleague, Sydney Gangstead, we represent and advocate for Iowa businesses and technology companies. Each week, we provide an easily digestible summary of what happened at the Capitol and why it's important to Iowa businesses. Head over to policysoapbox.com backslash Iowa. So you talked about reaching out to our legislators. Uh, we know there's a whole lot of new legislators this year. Uh, anything on that front as far as just kind of an education perspective for them? Yeah, it, and I don't know, haven't looked at the other states, but I can say that usually in an election year after a redistricting, you end up with you know 30 or 40 new legislators. This year we have 52 or 53 new legislators, depending on how you count. Some switch from the Senate to the House, one switch from the House to the Senate. But anyway, over a third of the 150 legislators are brand new. That's a huge opportunity uh, for us as a, as a group. Uh, they have not voted on any of our bills before. They have not been lobbied. They've not been approached. Um, and I think it's a chance to make a new friend, and it's a chance to to send them to Des Moines thinking about things through a technology prism. And so I would say that when you when our members uh, get wind of a forum back at home or a coffee or you know legislators make themselves very available uh, back in the district, particularly during the legislative session, I would encourage them to go. Uh, and if you're not doing that, I would also encourage you just to reach out and set up a meeting. They Legislators, particularly new legislators, really don't know what they don't know. And so it, it's a great time to get them thinking about our issues. Well, Tim, you have been so instrumental in helping TA organize our policy efforts, helping bring technology to the table at the State House, like we just talked about. I think we're a part of every conversation, and much to you and your partner, Sydney. Um, as technology continues to play a bigger and bigger role, any last words that you have for our industry and our listeners to uh, help take part? I would say in having gotten to know your members, the members over the years, and I know this is not going to be hard for them, but I would say that um, technologists have a real responsibility, a, a very real responsibility. Um, 
with an increasing amount of data and an increasing amount of online activity and AI, um, I, I think that it's incumbent upon us to make sure that the Iowa policymakers know that it's in good hands with us, that as an association, we take that obligation very seriously. Our members take that obligation very seriously, that we have a broad array of members from startup to the big, big tech companies that everyone knows the names of and everything in between, and that our goal is to foster and develop a strong technology industry in Iowa that you know supports all the things that, that I think everybody is trying to get to. And so I, I, that's what I would leave you with is just, you know, technologists and technology is not some distant, you know, planet in Palo Alto uh, or the Silicon Valley. Technology and technologists exist right down the street from virtually anybody. Uh, and, and every company, I know we've said it before, is a technology company. And I, and I think people are acknowledging more and more uh, how much that means and what that means. Well, I think you took the words right out of my mouth. We do believe every company is a technology company. We look forward to engaging with our legislators and helping to drive that message home. Tim, thank you for your partnership with TA and all you do to help make Iowa the number one state for technology in the Midwest. And thank you for joining me today on the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. Thank you. Enjoyed it. That's it for this episode of the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. Thanks again to Shazam and Denton's Davis-Brown for their commitment and support in making this podcast possible. At the Technology Association of Iowa, we believe technology is the essential driving force in every business market today and impacts virtually every company, industry, and community across the state. Join us in making Iowa a leading technology and innovation ecosystem. More information at technologyiowa.org. Thanks for listening.